Listener Production. Listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Okay, darlings, today we have a mammoth episode. We previously had Chloe's IVF doctor on and we finally decided to get my IVF doctor on and we thought while we had him, we would, of course, rehash the whole sperm retrieval process because, of course, my late love, Chumpy, passed away. And um, for those of you that know my story, we actually retrieved his sperm in the hours after his passing because we had been trying for a baby. And six months later, I did IVF with the amazing Dr. Andrew Davidson, who you will hear on this episode. And I fell pregnant on my second round of IVF with our baby, Minnie, who you will have heard a lot about if you've listened to our podcast. One of the main things I've done since Chump's passing is spreading heaps of awareness on sperm retrieval. And you'll learn in today's episode that Dr. Davidson, the legend that he is, who had never even performed this procedure ever before, Chloe randomly called him one day, since me sharing my story, has now performed the procedure more times, which is just crazy. And then he bloody retired because he got over it. (laughs) But we wanted, there's (laughs) going to be so many moving parts to this episode because we have, you know, we, we actually get Dr. Davidson's receptionist on and then his beautiful wife and of course, Chloe. But then my, one of our other best friends, Laura Innova, who had the light bulb moment to begin with of, she was the one who heard about the sperm retrieval thing in the first place and actually aired it with Chloe first on the day that Trump passed away, which is absolutely wild. So we thought we can't tell the story without every little tiny bit of it. So Laura's here. She's tuning in from Bells Beach and take us back to that day, sister. I mean, I obviously remember fuck all, but what was the go and what was going through your head? Tell us. Like I feel like my, my blood's getting like hot right now, even Same. thinking about it. Um, my head's going to explode. Yeah, I literally just started sweating. Yeah, basically I was driving in my car, I think to like wearing a mall or something random. And Shopping. my friend Tiana called me and Tiana's like a really good friend of all of us. And she called and I think I missed it. And then she called again and was like, Laura, call me. And she just like never like says short things like that. And then I, I called her back and she was just beside herself, just in absolute, she was a mess. And I knew then, like, my heart dropped that something really terrible had happened. And then she couldn't really get it out, what had happened, and then she just found the way to just, like, break through the, um, yeah, break through and just tell me. And, um, yeah, basically I just felt, like, sick, felt like I was going to vomit straight away and pulled over the car and we just were in shock but also, uh, like, just beside ourselves. And then the first thing I just thought about was Elodie uh, and Chumpy's family and Chumpy and I just I just didn't know what to do. I just felt lost and I just felt like I guess we've all grown up having like the gift of seeing Elodie's smile and laugh and her humour and everything and I think thinking that that would be broken and maybe never be pieced back together again um, was something that just broke me. And then obviously thinking about Elodie and Chumpy's future possibly being you know something that just crashed and come down and um I think I had time to think on the way home that this couldn't be the end of their story together and I have a I have a friend in Hawaii who had lost her husband she was actually pregnant at the time and she uh you know she gave birth to a beautiful son and then years down the line when we would catch up she she once told me that she wished that she was she would have been able to give her son a sibling from from the same father. And that was where I first sort of, if it was through IVF or through any way, I think that's, you know, I didn't even really know anything about sperm retrieval, but I just thought somehow popped into my head and I, I started just Googling it and <laughs> I knew nothing wow. about it, to be honest. But I just, yeah, just through that, that one conversation that I'd had with my friend talking about how she wished that she may have had her husband's sperm to be able to, 
you know, go through the IVF process, uh, yeah, that was where it all kind of light bulb moment for me and I, I called a couple of friends. First of all, I went back home, I spoke to my sister-in-law about it and she was on board with it. We were sort of doing a bit of research into it and then I went over to the girls' house. We all were meeting up just to support each other and uh, everyone was in shock. And one of our girlfriends, Erica, she's a lawyer and it was like one of the first things I said when I, I walked in. I think I was just in like save Elodie. <laughs> Elodie, um, oh, save. Laura. Yeah, it's so, it's so wild to think about. And then me and Erica um, and the girls, we were all, we were all together and we, we started looking into it and we worked out that there wasn't a lot of time. There was like, it was 36 hours or something that, had to be deadline to be able to have the procedure done. And so then I went and called Tiana back and Tiana was living, uh, you know, with David, Elle's brother at the time. And we were talking about it and she was like, yes, yes, we need to actually tell David about this right now um, and get David to tell Elodie. And then at the moment when I was, I was calling Tiana, David actually walked in the door and just like broke down in tears. I know he'd been obviously with you all afternoon, Elle, and he'd gone home and he just broke down and I was like, I can't bring this up right now. It just was such a hard thing to even bring up in that outrageous, like, yeah. horrible time. So I called another friend, Tash, who was kind of like, I, yeah, don't know how you're going to bring this up. And then by this stage, it's, like, really late at night. So I thought, okay, tomorrow morning, first thing I'm going to do is wake up and call Chloe. And I'd be messaging Chloe all afternoon, but I knew she was with Elle and I didn't want to just didn't know how to approach the situation but knew that it was, you know, it had to happen soon. So next morning I, I get up, I think it must have been 6am or something, 6.30, I've called Chloe and been like, you guys have to think about this. Like, you can do sperm retrieval but it has to happen today. And Chloe, yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, because I think, I mean, obviously no one really got much sleep in those hours. I actually, I don't even really remember too much of it but I just remember being, I remember exactly where Elodie was and I remember where we were all sitting on the couch and Elodie was like literally lying on like the chase bit with her head like in the pillow just going, this isn't happening, it's just, it's fine, he's going to walk in the door, he's going to walk in the door. And then you called me and I walked outside on the balcony and I was, I was, took your call and you said, you know, I think something along the lines of, I know you don't want to do this and I it was news to me because I had never heard of post-mortem sperm retrieval before. So I actually said no straight away. I was like, there's just no way I can go in there and have this conversation with her. It was just such a, it just felt, and I've actually been relaying, because I knew this this was coming up and we're going to be talking about this. And I've, I've actually been relaying this over and over in my head over the last week or two, why I thought that. And imagine if that was just like the end game and yeah. I said no and there was no mini. And I, it kills me to think that because I'm thinking, fuck, that the, the ball was in my court there and I just said no. You know, you were in the hardest position. You were there comforting a friend who's just lost the love of her life. Like you said, she's on the couch. You're in the house. I'm not in the house, but I remember like I was like so nervous to even say it, but I just knew I had to say it. Like I, I had everything in my body that was telling me like, you have to explore this. You actually said to me, Laura, I don't even know how I'm going to bring that up to her. Like, what if it's like just gets her hopes up and it's not anything that's possible? Like, I need to, like, look into it. And then I was like, yeah, Chloe, like, it, you have to get it done by tonight. Like, if there's a chance that Elodie and Chumpy have a baby or even have the chance at doing IVF, like, you have to you have to go and get the ball rolling with it and you have to go maybe tell her right now. Maybe you sell, tell Dave to tell her and then I think, that's when you literally go, like, I think that's, it's like you're, everything yeah, just switched I, on the I phone and you were up. like, oh, my gosh. I yeah, I think maybe you hung up and then. me back and then you're like, no, I'm actually not asking you anymore. Like I'm telling you, you have to go and speak to when her. And Nick, that's when I went, I went in and I went into Chumpy's music room and Dave was sitting there. Elodie was still on the couch and I went and said, oh, Dave, what do you think about this? And I, you know, I think that the more that I think back, the feeling is like what you had when you initially was gonna were gonna ask Dave on the phone, and you're just thinking, "There's just no way I can have this conversation when you've just yeah, it's, it's happened. like it happened only not even 24 hours earlier, and it's just talking about it's just it just felt so wrong, but it felt so wrong, but it's like we knew that it was like if we lived in this never. moment of um, now, it's like it wasn't now or never moment. It was like we were like, okay, how could we like? 
you know, automatically like stop thinking about what's happened now, which is, you know, Chumpy's death and start thinking about something else, which is Chumpy's child's future. Um, but I literally was just thinking about, so yeah, weird. what they deserved in life, which is this happiness and this bundle of joy. And I just knew that like, everything in my body was making me say just they need to explore it. And then and you literally like had this moment on the phone where you were like, yes, yes, oh, my God, yes, yes, I'm going to go, I need to tell him right now. So then, yeah, like you obviously went and asked Dave. I think Dave then said to me, oh, I'd already thought of it or someone's already mentioned it to me. And then uh, I don't know if he asked Elodie or I asked Elodie. I, I don't I don't really remember that. But as soon as we are, like she was asked, it was just like a big fat yes. And it was, I don't care what needs to happen, just make it happen sort of thing. And then that's when I just went into overdrive and there was just no other option and, I, yeah, I went into Steve Jobs. And I remember we were all (laughs) driving up that day, like we were driving up the next day, like everyone from Sydney was just like migrating to the Gold Coast to just be like just in the vicinity to be able to support Elle in any way that she might have needed. And when we were getting the updates like throughout the day, like we knew that Elle was like, yes, 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 we're like, hey, anything we can do to make it happen. And then Chloe, like one call was just like, we've got the paperwork signed. And then I remember being like, how, like we're celebrating this like weird freaking shit right now. But (laughs) small wins and then like every single step that had to happen. And Chloe, like what, you called five places? And like four of them said no. This is all before I had had even started all my IVF stuff. So I had no idea about anything either. And I, I seriously Googled, IVF Clinics Gold Coast and I just went from top of the list <laughs> and just started working down the list. It's so crazy that thinking it, that that's what, how it went down. And so I went down the line, the first four were just hard no's and they just didn't want a bar of it. And then number five, this beautiful woman called Gabe answered. Gabe, you are such a pivotal part of this story because you you followed up on, on our crazy weird request and I'm so happy that you're joining us today. Thank you. So happy yeah. to be here too. And on that day, it was amazing. Literally, I owe my life to you. I think about it all the time, how things could have been different. Like Chloe, well, I'm going to let you speak, Chloe, but it's just so crazy that you just happened to be working that day and picked up the phone and followed through and like... Yeah, it's it's such a weird one because there are so many, like even with Elodie just saying like you're such a pivotal part to this story because really... When you kind of like think about it, you really are the most pivotal part of the story because we heard about this post-mortem right. sperm retrieval, but we were like, well, I don't know. Anyway, so we were kind of trying to go through the hospital and the, like the morgue oh, and okay. all that sort of yes. stuff. And because because Karen Ell's mum was a police officer, she was like quite familiar with that. that um, of, yeah. But we were getting nowhere. And I think that and everyone I, was under so much, like, I mean, stress and hit. Like, everyone was no so No one foggy. was really thinking about anything. Like, it was just a bit of a blur. And but we, you didn't have the contacts yet, like yeah. IVF contacts either. So I've, like, gone home this day and I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to try and work this out? And I think I got through, like, three or four different clinics and, like, my spiel was, hey, this is a really weird request. My best friend's partner has just passed away. Do you do post-mortem sperm retrieval? Have you heard of it? And they're like, oh, you know not really or just shut me down or it's not really right. something that we do. And that was four people and I'm thinking, oh, my God, okay, maybe this isn't the route that you're meant to take to, right. go, to get this, per, to this sperm retrieval. Yeah. And I came across you and you were so I, – I can't even really remember that clearly how it went, but do you remember what I said to you? Well, I, I remember it being 10 o'clock on the Thursday morning. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Because it happened on the Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. So Chumpy passed away on the Wednesday mm. and then on the Thursday was when you, Chloe, were hustling. And I, I feel like you also mentioned that he had died in the in a diving accident. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Gave you more to the story than just he'd passed away. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I yeah. was thinking a little bit. Yeah. The head was clear. I had heard, of course, about oh, you'd heard. Chumpy before, the day before it happened. Okay. And I think part of me is... I lost my brother as well in a speed diving accident. Oh, Did you? Yeah. Oh, Gabe, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, and he was 30. No. Oh, so that was all like, sad. that Sorry. came to me on when I heard on the Wednesday. Yeah. And then when you called, I thought, oh, oh, you've got to help this, you know, got to help this guy and his family to, to do this. Had you heard of it before? I actually hadn't, no. Oh, my gosh. My years with um, Andrew, like, we'd never done it. Right. And I thought, well... 
I can't just say to you no, like. Yeah. Were you like, okay, let me call you back? <laughs> yeah, I like, and it was because I was working from home that day and he was also, it was his day off. Really? Didn't know that. Yeah. So, what a legend. That's I what thought, I mean. And he decided to come in to the office, like, you know, yeah. it was his day off. He didn't have to do this. Yeah, so I thought, well, I've got to ring him at home. And he was. He said, well, I haven't done it before and wow, we've got to find out all the info on it. So, And then I think I just called you back and said, yeah, we're prepared to. Whoa. Because then I think as well, and I, I, I'm not, I can't remember if I had the conversation with yourself or Dr. Davidson where I was like, okay, cool, that's awesome. Like, what's the next steps? And he's like, you guys were like, well, we haven't actually done this before, but you no. have to do X, Y, Z. And I'm thinking, but we don't know how to do that. You're going to have to find out. And I'm like, great, one more thing I have to try and work out what to do. Here's the info, run with it. Yeah. yeah. Court orders and everything, wasn't it? But luckily, you know, it was a, a weekday yes, and yeah, we were yeah. able to... Exactly. I always think yeah. how different everything would have been if he passed away on a Saturday and then, yeah, no one well, worked. No one as if you would have answered on a Sunday, obviously. We and wouldn't have, yeah. Minimu wouldn't be here. Yeah. And yeah, imagine. That's right. Did yeah, you no, think it was the we- one of the weirdest phone calls you'd had? Oh, <laughs> no, I sort of... I, I hadn't heard about it, but I could fully understand. Oh, bless. Yeah, and... I don't know, I'm pretty empathetic sort of person. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, you know, you've got to help. Give so your go. brother, did he have a family when he passed? No, he didn't. No, no. And how many years ago was that? Oh, actually, I was only That's 16. That is awful. So over 40 years. Yeah. Wow, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Do you have other siblings? Yeah. Oh, yes, I do. I, I'm one of nine. Holy shit. <laughs> Wow, well, yeah. your um, parents are definitely more fertile than me and Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. <laughs> and have you, have you had that phone call, have you ever had that phone call since? Like, has anyone, yeah. really? Yeah, we, we did. Really? So I think there were three more. That's and did nuts. you, did they, like, did they find out about it through, like, hearing Elodie's story or is it just, like, another, it's just coincidentally oh, that I that's happened? I think some of them was through that story. Because wow. yeah. Dr. Davidson retired about, was it a year after he did Chumpy? Like Chumpy and Me and Minnie? Yes, well, we only just finished this time last year. Yeah, so, so he December, yeah. he must have done, yeah. what, three more so procedures and then retired. Yeah. He was probably like, no, I'm sick of these yeah. ones, I'm, I'm tapping out. <laughs> but now I think, oh, gosh, you know, wrong time for him to retire, though. Literally, Seriously, he was in know? high demand. Like, in you know, all these years that could have been happening. But far out, isn't that It wasn't right? really spoken about, was it? The no. last year of his career was just like, yeah, like a yeah. bit, bit crazy. Yeah. But then it's a good highlight for the yeah. industry too. Really, really special. All of us, yeah. How yeah. cool. Far out. And, yeah. and like you guys have just been yeah. so beautiful, you three. So you, Gabe, Dr. Yeah. Andrew Davidson, who's amazing, and then his amazing, beautiful wife, Louise. The three of yes. you come to my book launches yeah. and I've seen you <laughs> and it's really cute and you've met Minnie and like you just are like cute little trio. Yeah. I, I'm sad that you guys aren't working together anymore. I hope you guys hang out all the time. Yeah, well, we <laughs> haven't done it for a little while, but yeah, we're all really close. Cute. And it was such oh. a brilliant job for me. Oh, and honestly, Gabe, I owe you everything for answering the phone that day. I can't thank you enough. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay, guys, we have the famous Dr. Andrew Davidson here, the one who brought Minnie Moo to me. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. So you started as an obstetrician. You've been an obstetrician, obstetrician for 40 years. And then you decided to kind of go into the other side, actually creating the babies and dealing with the eggs and the embryos and the sperm and making babies and doing IVF. You started your own clinic, right? Yeah, yeah. So the last 15 years I've been doing the fertility work. And pioneering in your field at that? (laughs) Well, not really, not really a pioneer. (laughs) Yes, you have, because (laughs) then you went on to bringing life back from the dead as well when you got that crazy call from your receptionist, Gabe, about Chumpy. And, of course, we are talking about post-mortem sperm retrieval. So how many times had you heard of it before and what did you think of it when you got that wild request? Well, I, I'd obviously heard of it over the years, but I thought it maybe was something I would never do. Mm. And then I got that call from Gabe and I thought, well, if anyone in our clinic is going to do it, it probably should be me. Being the yeah, not Gabe. <laughs> no, but of the other doctors in our clinic, I thought, well, you know, why, why not? You know, it should be me. I should do it. So I just thought, well, 
we'll I'm go up for, for a it. challenge. Well, is it that what was a big challenge. It was a challenge, but yeah, we went for it. And had anyone you know ever done it? Like how familiar were you with it? Did you have to Google how to do it? Like what? Tell me about that. <laughs> I, I made a call to someone who I thought had done it. Uh, they turned out they actually hadn't, but they, <laughs> they had a friend who had and it was a bit like that and, you know, a bit of a consultation. And then I really? talked to our scientists because our scientists had some experience in, in the lab as well in, in other clinics. And so I, I spoke to the scientists and I spoke to a couple of colleagues and then I knew what to do. Because we're obviously on such a time crunch as well because Gabe said that Dr Davidson or Andrew, <laughs> I feel like I want to call you Dr Davidson. <laughs> Andy, now. it's going to be Andy from uh, now on. Was, had, was on his day off. So, like, you've got this phone call at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday and I think we were already in our, like, 24th or 25th hour and what? how many hours after someone has passed away do you have to actually make this surgery? Well, we used to say it was 24, but then oh, yeah. some people have been trying longer and longer and there's some reports up to 36 hours. So okay. I felt we probably had up to 36 hours, which was 8 o'clock that night. Mm. How does the actual procedure work? Well, once I'd spoken to you and told you you needed to get all those consents, <laughs> I, I knew it was basically in your court then. Yeah. Um, all I had to do was warn the lab and mm-hmm. the scientists that we might be doing a case and then they um, needed to give me a, some equipment. Yeah. And then I just had to wait for the call back from you guys. So his body was at the hospital or was it at the morgue at this point? Well, it's at the morgue, which is at the hospital. Right, okay. I remember you. I remember speaking to you the whole day and you're like, I'm just here waiting, I'm waiting yeah. for that. Well, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just was, on standby. He was. Just on standby. Um, obviously no need to head to the hospital until we hear that yeah. we've got all the right paperwork. And then you need to contact a person at the hospital to let us into the morgue and they have to meet the cops at the same time because they have to be present uh-huh. because it's a coroner's case. And then we all get, it's out of hours, it's dark and yeah. we all get let in and go ahead. Wow. wow. The, the difference with this time, I thought I would bring Louise along because she's a nurse and she could help me with what I had to do, but also for moral support. So. Yeah. I oh, made that decision bless. quite early on and she was quite happy to uh, come along and And Louise help. is Andrew, Andrew's, beautiful, Andrew's wife. beautiful wife, who we will speak to as well later yes, in this we're episode. Get her on. Wow, so did you feel like emotionally attached to this one? It was very emotional, yeah, and daunting. But um, I had to go into doctor mode and just do what I had to do. Yeah. That, that's what I did and luckily so- it... It all it went. Worked. I've never wanted well. to know or ask about this part because it's just like I've never really put my head in it. But how long did it actually, like how long were you and Louise and Chump in the room together? How long did that little procedure take? About half an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very different if, if someone is alive, if you're doing sperm retrieval mm. compared to the posthumous situation. So it's quite a different procedure. Mm. Okay. Um, so if someone's alive, you basically have a little tiny needle and you're collecting some fluid oh, from okay. the epididymis, which yeah. is a little tube beside the testicle, beside the ball, or you actually put a needle into the testicle and pull out the tubules, which are tiny, tiny tubes that have the sperm. So oh, that's yeah. what you do for a live person. But in the posthumous situation, it's very different. Um, you actually have to take some tissue. So you take right. a piece of the actual testicle and you need to get a fair bit because you don't know how the sperm Viable. count would have been. And so some people have a low sperm count and you need to get yeah. plenty of tissue so you get enough sperm. Like your main concern obviously the whole time was hopefully we have some live sperm, like hopefully, you know, we can get some viable sperm out of this, right? And hopefully there's enough of it. Absolutely. Um, so you might get millions and millions of sperm in the tissue, but most of them are going to be dead by that stage and particularly it was over 36 hours. So I knew the chances are that most of the sperm would not be viable. So the more tissue we could get, um, the more chances of getting enough that we're still alive. So were you kind of going in almost like, oh, we're probably not going to get any live ones because it was quite late? Or Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking we're really pushing the boundary. Wow. Which we were. Yeah. I think that you need to get a, an award for this. Yeah, did you? Did you, did need, you, a, you need an award, award for of this? excellence? No, 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 not at well, all. It's really, it's just part of the procedures that we do. So, but it's just, yeah, it's really special. I think that, um, yeah, wow. Is it just fate or like? 
But what what was it that made it so Trump had either a good sperm count or some live sperm still like that was just that was just because or that was just lucky? Well, it's, a, it's actually a very good question. It's something that I've thought about, um, but there might be something to do with the circumstances um, of his death that that they were preserved a bit longer. Okay. So he he was still in his wetsuit. Um, wow. And that may have preserved his temperature a little bit longer than you would normally think it would be the case. So whatever the reason was, there, there were not very many, but there were some still twitching when they got to the lab. So that meant that we did have live sperm. I don't think I actually ever had contact with you personally until about six months later when I booked my consult. But I do remember hearing that like you were so stoked that there was some live twitching like ones like dancing around little sperms that were like alive. What, what percentage of like what you collected were actually viable? About 1%. Whoa. That's yeah. freaking nuts. And then of that 1%... Minimoo. Minimoo came along. <laughs> wow. That's so, so incredible. But I want to acknowledge the uh, help in the lab because once the scientists eventually find live sperm, yeah. then they've got a long, long procedure to process all the material and preserve it. Okay. Um, so that took about four or five hours. Really? And we're at the morgue doing the procedure at nine o'clock, I think. So they were there until about two o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. See, and I didn't know any of that. And they're mm. people from your lab? Yeah, the scientists. The scientists, yeah. wow. And that's all just done there at the morgue in the hospital? No, no, at our lab. We go back it, to yeah. our clinic at Rabina and, and do it at the lab there. Oh, I remember one of the beautiful scientists there, the female, what, what was her name? Sue, was the, Sue Watson was the oh, uh, scientist that night. Sue, bless. Thank yeah. you, Sue Watson. Wow. <laughs> what a legend. Absolute God. lifesaver. Speaking about this, like we want to try and help as many other people, like, you know, you don't expect people and you don't want people to die, but how many times have you done this procedure, you know, since Elodie's, our chumpy's? Procedure. Yeah, so three more times in the next uh, six months after that. That's crazy. And yeah. then you retired because it was all just a bit much. No, it was nothing to do with that <laughs> at all. <laughs> it was I wonder. nothing to do with that. But um, I think it was because you had to get permission from a lawyer and yep. help with all the consents that that lawyer talked to other lawyers and they knew there was a contact. So that, that's why they contacted me. Were you surprised that you had so many, well, you had a few other people that you did it for after? Yeah, I was very surprised, yeah. Fully. Yeah. How mm. random it is one of those mm. things that in the last year of your working you just do a bunch of? Well, it, it's weird, but that's how, if I didn't retire, I probably would have done more and more because well, you get a, the word gets around that it's something that you can do or you have done. And I'm so glad. That's the whole reason why we wanted to get you on because... Yeah, I feel like it's just a crazy thing to even talk about because we're talking about my beloved chump and him passing away and then us bringing hit life back and it's just like a really weird subject and sometimes it's just, it just feels like wrong to just talk about like just willy-nilly like we're just dealing with a body here. Hmm. But um, people do die all the time. I want people to know how they can help their friends or like yeah. if lots of lots of young people die and like people don't know about things, like we, we would have never have known if it wasn't for Laura pushing for it. So... Yeah, any information that we can give that they can tell their friends if if they find themselves in this awful circumstance. What do you what information do you think we could give out? Well, I totally agree with you. It's great to get the word out that this can be done. So I think the the thing is to remember to ring a fertility doctor or a fertility clinic as soon as you think of it. And if it's a friend, tell a friend mm. and and try and get get the word out and tell them to get going very quickly to make that call as soon is as there, possible. Is there like a key sentence to put in that phone call? Because obviously I didn't have too <laughs> much success. Is there like any wording that people should be using? I think the posthumous sperm retrieval is the, the, the thing that will click off the, yeah. the right process. I reckon now on the Gold Coast after lots of, especially IVF doctors would have hopefully heard about my story. Now if they get calls like what you mm. had to do, surely they're not just going to say, oh, nah, like good yeah. luck. yeah. Surely they'll kind of in, engage a bit more. I think so. I th I think if there's been a few cases locally, I think that the fraternity around the Gold Coast now will be much more aware of it because the Chumpy's story did really resonate mm. and what you're doing is fantastic in, in doing the podcast and getting the word out there. And also, so when six months later I, I called you, I made an appointment, I remember mum and I coming in, 
obviously you had to be, well, you're a doctor and you have to be quite like blunt with the facts. I remember you kind of saying, I think there's a 30% chance that this is really going to work. Like you obviously didn't want to get my hopes up. So I really like kind of went away going, oh, fuck, like I just, this was like a glimmer of hope for me. And I think I was, I can't even remember where we were at, but I just decided December and then we did a round in December. We ended up with three embryos after that. Were you surprised that we got three embryos with like three chumpy embryos? Well, we, I think we got seven eggs and three embryos, so that's actually pretty good. Good that, odds. That ratio, yes. But um, the thing is we only got seven eggs. Like a lot of people might have got more eggs than that. Mm. Yeah, Chloe and I don't get many eggs around here. <laughs> <laughs> not not too many, many eggs in this basket. <laughs> yeah, Easter right. Bunny's not very generous around here. No. <laughs> so <laughs> making three embryos actually was quite a good result from, from one wow. cycle for you. So Yeah, I do remember feeling so lucky and I thought, okay, I don't have all the money in the world. I've got three eggs. I'm just going to try three rounds of IVF and see if I get lucky with this. Like, let's just see what happens. First round didn't work. I, I felt that wasn't going to work that first round. I, I just like knew straight away I wasn't pregnant. Do you have any ideas as to why Chump and I, we were trying for at least nine months? Do you think it's my low egg count or do you know why we just were, weren't getting pregnant? Because I think he obviously had some good sperm. Well, there's no, no um, obvious reason apart from the fact that what your age is and how many eggs you get. Yeah. I want to speak about that actually, the AMH. Yeah. Because you, Elodie, we were we were both actually trying actively at the same time and Chump, before Chump passed, they actually went to the doctors and they did some tests um, at the local GP and one of them, which we had both never heard of before, was the AMH, which is the is it anti- anti-malarian hormone. Yep. And do you want to explain what that, that is to the listeners? It's, it's a hormone that uh, talks to us about egg numbers. So it also, um, another term for that is ovarian reserve. Yeah. So egg numbers and ovarian reserve are obviously connected with fertility. Mm-hmm. So this hormone is a hormone that acts locally in the ovary to look after the little tiny follicles that contain the eggs. So that's what its job is, is to um, keep them all organised and let a few come up and develop each month. Cute. Yeah, so we've both done this test and Elodie actually, well, Elodie did hers first and hers came back quite low, under five. Yeah. Um, I remember Chump and I were at your house yeah. and I got the call from the doctor saying, oh, like, you've got a bit of a low egg count. It's as though you're like 40, you've got a 3.2 or something like that. And I went away and I was like, oh, fuck, Chloe, Chump, I just I think I've got like yeah, a few egg problems. And then I think you were like, bing, I need to get mine tested too because why are we both just not yeah. falling pregnant? Yeah, when everyone else that we notice like looks at their partners Accidentally and they're like... Just, but yeah. yeah, so I then went and got mine tested and mine was even lower than Elodie's. I think mine was like 2.1 or something, yeah. um, which is obviously evident in when we're both doing IVF. Elodie's only getting about seven... She got about seven eggs in that one round that she did. And, but I know it's like kind of a controversial topic because we've spoken about this before on our podcast and my worst nightmare would be for anyone to go through what I'm personally going through where I'm like, you know, I'm 31 years old and I'm really struggling to get eggs and you would never think that. And, you know, for, I've got younger siblings and younger sisters and I've had people and we've had listeners go to their local GP trying to get this test and their GP is saying, no, 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 I don't think you should be getting it. Is it like, why is that? Why, do, why are GPs pushing women away or girls away from getting this? Well, I don't think they should be pushing them away from doing the test. There's not really any harm in doing the test. But what you've got to remember is that AMH is about egg numbers, mm-hmm. not about egg quality. Mm. So egg quality is connected with the person's age. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's very important. So you, you can do AMH, it gets very useful information, but it's not the whole story. Yeah. So it's, you just have to remember that AMH is referring to numbers and not quality of the eggs. And so if, they, if women find out that they do have this low AMH, what, what are the next steps? Like, you know, if they're not actually actively thinking of having children like there and then, what would the next steps for them be? Would it just be to keep, them, keep it in the back of their minds or at what age should they start thinking about potentially freezing their eggs? 35. 35. Oh, so if they find out at 22 that they have a low egg count, you reckon wait till they're 35 to get their eggs out? No, no. If, if they have a low egg count at 22, they should go much sooner. Yeah. So generally um, at 35 is the age where you should start to think about freezing eggs in general. But if you've got a low AMH, you should go sooner. Got you. Oh, what do you think about the contraceptive pill? 
That's a big topic. It's a broad topic. <laughs> Throwing that one in there. Some doctors are like no and some doctors are like hard yes. I think it plays think a role in infertility or... Well, it's obviously a, a method of, of stopping you conceive. Yeah. So it's a fertility measure that is incredibly handy for women. It, it's the, a massive advance and, and a tremendous thing. It probably actually preserves eggs. Oh, you eggs reckon? Well. Chloe and I were both on the pill for ages and I think sometimes maybe that's why we've had no, problems d- falling pregnant. No, definitely not. Okay. Not, Most not doctors say no, that's no problem with it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Wow. The, so, the AMH thing just blows my mind though. I just like, you know, I just wish that I knew that way earlier. Fully. I know I tell everyone get your eggs tested, get them frozen. Sorry, just because we never went back into my second round of IVF. So my second round of IVF, I remember I was holding my little crystal, mum was by my side and you put Minnie up me and I just knew <laughs> that I just knew she was a girl in that exact moment. I just knew. I'm not a psychic doc, but I just knew. And I just knew it was going to work. I really did. And I'm not like that intuitive. You know what I was on there. And I just knew. And I was pregnant and didn't pee on a stick because I was so confident, got the call two weeks later, and I just literally finished her sentence. I knew I was pregnant. Did you think that that was going to work? Like, did you have any idea or was it just me thinking... Well, I knew that the whole cycle, the way we conducted that cycle and the way the embryo transfer went was absolutely perfect. So I Mm. knew everything was right on track. As far as I was concerned, we couldn't have done anything better. So I knew you had a pretty good chance, but that would be still about 40 or 50%. Fuck. I love all the percentages. The chances aren't bloody high, are they, around you? Low odds. Where where the glass is half full. So, um... Was that, that was, sorry, that the second was a frozen egg. So Minnie was a frozen little eggy embryo and that first one was a fresh one. So, yeah. I mean, maybe the frozen one was best for me, better for me. Well, overall, the, the pregnancy rates for frozen and fresh are approximately the same. Mm. Yeah. But we do conduct the cycle in a different way. So maybe there was something about that, the way we conducted the frozen cycle that, that worked out well for, for that particular embryo. And is it sometimes the smoothness of you literally putting it in? Like is, has that got anything to do with it? Oh, that's very important. Yeah, that's oh. absolutely important. If, if that transfer part doesn't go well, then that, that means bingo, no baby. I've had one before where it jumped back straight back in and then, like, you know, the embryologist goes off into the little lab and she's like, hang on a second, it's back in the tube. We've got to run back in and put it back in. I'm like, wow, that one's a naughty one. <laughs> I think you need <laughs> a <laughs> refund on that one, I reckon. <laughs> Send him back to the lab. That one was never going to work. Yeah, it's crazy. The whole thing, you guys you guys do wonders. You literally just made my whole world. You gave me mini. I remember when I came back from my last appointment with you, but I didn't know it was my last appointment. And you were just like, okay, well, good luck. Just go, like, go, you know, now you're three months. See you later. And I was like, doc, (laughs) aren't you delivering this thing? Like, what do you mean? Like... Did you not I'm, deliver me? Along... But you don't. Were you not doing that? What do you mean? No. Did he? Deliver? I, I don't know. thought. I, I literally thought that. thought that that meant you were coming through the whole thing with me. I was like, no, I can't be left on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was so heartbreaking for me. But that was, um, well, that was when I went to the midwife program at Tweed, which yes, I freaking yes, loved yes, as well. They right. were just bloody amazing. It's disappointing for me too when I can't follow through with the the pregnancies when oh. you know because that's what I used to do, of course. And, and it is hard for me to say, oh, look, I'm sorry, I can't follow you right through. So we were both a bit disappointed. Was it mind-blowing <laughs> it for you when I actually gave birth to the, like, I thought my whole pregnancy, something bad was going to happen, I was going to lose her. I just, I, I didn't know she was a girl the whole time, but I just, like, felt it. But so when I say her, that was my, my intuition, Gus. And I was like, it's uh, a boy for sure. I <laughs> yeah, was so I off. She was a boy. Um, but I was so nervous the whole pregnancy that I just thought, this is too much of a miracle. Like, it's just so crazy that this just can't happen. Were you, were you just like, what did you think? Well, I knew the odds were that the baby would be absolutely fine because oh. once you get to 16, 20, 24 weeks without any major complications, the chances are that the baby's going to be all good. But um, I, I was thinking in the back of my mind, you know, after all this, what we've been through, oh. if there was something wrong, wouldn't it be a tragedy? So I was thinking that. Oh. But uh, having said that, I was confident that you would be fine. But I was hanging out for the news, I can tell you. Do you remember getting the news? <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell I, it was us. so exciting. Yeah, it was so exciting and, and we, were, we were both very pleased. Oh, bless. Was it that. my mum that sent you something? Did she send you a message or what? We, we got a message. for No, I think we got it from your mother, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think she might have rung Louise on Louise's phone. Bless. That is a girl. Yeah, so that was very exciting. Did yeah. you know she was a girl? No. Be no. honest. No, no, I didn't. No, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just owe her whole life to you, Doc. You're absolutely, you've changed my world. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine if she wasn't here. I couldn't imagine. And I just like, thank you, just we will never cut it. The words thank you, just they don't mean, I don't know yeah. how how to even say thank you. I was like to Chloe before. I I need to get him a present or like ten presents, but what, what like what's good enough? Like I don't even know what to get you. What's you can babysit Minnie for a night. That's what? a present. <laughs> That's a stitch up. No, thank you for contacting me because it's been a great journey, and I'm, I'm so pleased that it's all worked out so well. It's fantastic. Thank you for everything, and I um, couldn't be more pleased that I left Chumpy's beautiful life in your hands and Minnie's life in your hands, and I know that him and her and me were we were in such good hands with you guys, and like. Just the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. And I know he'd just be up there thanking you so much, yeah. just yeah. being so stoked that it was you, you three that did this for us. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for doing the podcast as well, because that's really good to get the word out. Yeah. That's the aim of People the game over here at Darling Shine. That's right, guys. Thanks, Doc. And guys, we've got Louise right here, right now, because I wanted to talk to you about that moment. It was my three months, it's the last checkup with Dr. Davidson, and I'm in there. Legs are up. He's got the thing in looking to make sure Minnie's sweet in there. And you, <laughs> Louise, honestly, it was the beautifulest thing at Beautifulest. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not we, very good with it. We have like a weird d- dictionary here. Like none of, nothing's English. <laughs> so um, it was it just, I remember it just made my heart swell so much and put everything in, like it made everything feel so real. And I all of a sudden really realised, wow, Trump's really not here and we just like... I know, it just really became just such a surreal, weird thing for me where I just pictured what we'd done and everything and it just felt weird. But look, you what you told me was you said, hey, Elodie, I actually held Chumpy's hand in the procedure when um, my husband, Dr. Davidson, got the sperm. And I had no idea, like, I, I literally was like, what procedure? What, what do you mean? And you were like, you know, we got the sperm and and like that, it just like clicked in my brain like, holy shit, like Chump literally passed away and he's not breathing and he's not here at all. Like I was in just quite a head fog about the whole thing. Nothing, nothing seemed real and stuff. And my heart just swelled and I just got so emotional at the thought. But it was such a beautiful thing that you did for me. You didn't know me. It was such a beautiful thing that you did for him and just in general says so much about you and your beautiful husband and, like, I just thought it was the nicest thing ever. Thank you. Yes. Um, you're, you're welcome. I, I didn't... Actually, it was interesting because I didn't know whether actually to tell you. It was, mm. it was a really, like, you know, do I share? And that's why I obviously didn't do it before before that because you'd been for a couple of visits. and But it... It seemed important and I've always somebody that, you know, goes with my intuition and I just thought I, I needed to share that, you know, I was there, um, you know, that, that we were there, we were mm. we were there with him and that, that was important. Wow. Yeah, it felt like more than just a procedure. When I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, it feels like a really, like a special, like you actually cared for him and you didn't know him and it just felt really beautiful. Yeah, and we didn't know him. But, you know, there's, there's times in life that you just know that something's important. Mm. And I think, you know, we just went with that. We just knew it was important. And I'd worked in oncology before I had kids, so I knew what, you know, death was all about. I'd, I'd looked after somebody dying, you know, oh. every day. So death was a very familiar place for me. And I knew that when somebody died that their spirit could still be there. And I knew that, that it was important to talk to him and I knew it was important that, that, that I, you know, I shared what was going on and, and I knew I, I didn't know you at all. I had no idea who you were, but I knew mm. that, you know, I knew that he was loved. Oh. And so that was really important. So I just, yeah, I just held his hand and then I said, look, we're just going to give it the best shot we possibly can. And, and, and you just, spoke to it, him. Yeah, of course. Yes, of course I spoke oh, to him. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. so cute. Yeah. I don't know if I'm sweating or crying. It's all a lot. <laughs> and what did lot. you say? Well, I just, I don't even remember, to be honest. I, I was just there and I just knew that I, you know, I was, I was explaining the situation and obviously, I mean, I'm trying to help Andrew and I'm, you know, just sort of saying, oh, you know, this is what it is and this is... And I think what I wanted to say to him was, and the thing that I remember the most and what I wanted to share with you was that 
we were going to do the best we could. You know, that was important. We were going to do the very best we could because we knew it would be important for him and it would be important for you. Wow. Oh, he's so he's so lucky. I'm so lucky. Like, he wanted a baby so badly as well. He was going to be the most amazing dad and I think he'd just be so stoked yeah. with what we've all done. Um, there's no doubt in my mind he'd just be so glad we have little Minnie here, his daughter. Um, obviously him, obviously my main hurt and his main hurt, I'm sure, is because he's not here to bring her up. But He'll always just, be in your heart though, Elodie. I think that's the thing. He's always in your heart. So he is yeah. always here. He's, yeah. he's with you in your heart and I think that that's, that's what's so important. Yeah, he's think... always with you every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, you so much. <laughs> um, do you, so the other, the other people that came through and Dr. Davidson got their sperm too, do you go and hold their hand as well? Does it become a little ritual? Yeah. Ch- Chumpy was a really um, special case. There's no doubt about that. I mean, yes, definitely with the other cases, I definitely, you know, I definitely were there. But there was a real energy about Chumpy. I can't explain it. I just <laughs> can't explain it. But I, we just went with what was going on. And, of course, yes, of course, we incredibly respectful of the procedure that we're doing. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, this is a person that's, you know, not been, been. Um, sorry. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's obviously, a, 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 it's a difficult thing for us as well. I think, you know, you are, you are in the morgue and, it, you know, it isn't. It, oh. it is, you know, it's, a, it's a, a, a tricky space to be in. So, of course, we, we're wanting to reassure person that's in that morgue and we, we know that they're dead. But I've always do believe that the spirit is always around. I believe that, that too. That there's a spirit there. But Chumpy had a very, he really, it was a very special, it was special. I can't explain it but to say more that it felt important. And I think what was really important for us and it was important probably for me more than Andrew, Andrew's very, but the fact that you were trying to get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you could have got pregnant the month before. So it was just I like, know. you know, we were just honouring that continuation. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, wow. Chumpy would be so, so like, mm. you guys obviously didn't meet him when he was alive, but he was honestly, like you say, he's special. He really was one of the most yeah. special people that I've, I've personally ever met in my life, like a male figure. And I just know that him, he his energy is very much around us all the time and he'd be looking down and he'd be so, so grateful for what you guys did for Elodie and their whole family because, honestly, it's like we're all so grateful collectively for, for you guys and everyone Chloe basically involved. Owns I'm, minis. Like, I'm like, and especially for my case as well, and I don't want to talk about myself or Paul so much, but, like, you know, if Minnie wasn't around, you know, she's given us so much, mm. like, comfort and and. We just love her so much. Like, I don't know where anyone would be today without that little girl. I often catch, <laughs> I was going to say I often catch Chumpy, I often catch Chloe and Fish chatting. Like, I'll, I'll like listen to them. They'll be hanging out with me. I'm like, what are they telling her? And they'll be like, what happens if we have our own and we don't love it as much as we love Minnie? <laughs> and I come in and I'm like, shut up, you will. Yeah, we do. But you still have to love Minnie just as much. You have to share them. <laughs> Um, Trump definitely had the strongest spirit like ever and so many people say that. And, yeah, so you, did you really feel his energy in the room? Like was it like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it, it, energy's a different thing, you know, like, you know, how do you describe, you know, how can you say energy? Yeah. It's, it's not like, for me it's always just like um, I have a firm belief in, I'm quite, I'm quite spiritual, so I, you know, I, I do believe that the spirit is always still there, not necessarily inside the body. Yeah. But and because I've been at so many deaths, I know when the spirit can rise up out of a body, and I've seen it so many times. And you just know that Weird. you know that you've gone. Yeah, it is, and it's a really and because I've you know saw it so much in my time in the oncology ward. I was very familiar with when people passed that their spirit did come out. But I felt his his spirit in the room. I remember it being important and that's why yeah. I spoke to him because I, I knew he was still there and I know, you know, it all sounds a bit... Woo-woo. Yeah, it all sounds a bit woo-woo, but, I, you know, mm. I do believe it. Whether you call it energy, whether you call it a spirit, whether it's totally. presence, whether it's, you well, know, yeah, I, those things. I felt him so strongly the first month after he passed away and mm. I saw him everywhere and, like, I would see, like, 
orbs and energies. It's just everywhere. Like I couldn't ignore it. It was the strangest thing. And then it just kind of left and I just feel him around me and I just feel held and I feel lucky and I feel wrapped up in love and I think he's around but it's not as intense as, as it was. So I obviously believe shortly after they die, they're all around you. Um, but it's so weird what you just said because I do remember when my my because obviously I didn't see Chump. I I didn't see Chump after I just couldn't bear to see him like that. I'd seen him so happy and so alive that morning, and I really just didn't want to see him not look like that. I didn't want that vision for me. I I just couldn't do it. But I was there when my dad passed away of cancer, and he died pretty slowly. And um, we were there for his last breaths, like Dave and I holding his hand, my brother and I. And um, he was there. He was there. He was there. He was so there. We were talking to him like. His energy was right there and then literally saw him take his last breath. Within minutes, his body just went hard and I literally remember so quickly, like his energy was still there. I was still talking to him for maybe two minutes just going, I I love you, like you're okay, you're okay, Dad. Like, you know, you let go, wow, like I love you, you know. And then just it was like a flick switched and immediately just he was so not in his body anymore and it was a weird thing to kind of like, not only feel but just literally kind of physically see. Obviously, he just straight away just didn't didn't look that different. He felt different. He felt like hard and everything. But like you could kind of just see the energy inside him just like vanish. Like he was just no souls immediately. I just, I thought it would take longer. I just, it was strange as it was just crazy, eerie. And people talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, just, just to see what you just said firsthand. I did just think it back to my dad and, yeah. But crazy energy. Energy don't lie, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, though, Louise. Like, I owe everything to you three. Honestly, thank you so much. Mm, Look, it's just been an incredible honour and a privilege to be involved in your journey and, you know, it's just so wonderful to, to see beautiful Minnie and, you know, it's brought us so much pleasure as well. And I know, of course, it's brought you an enormous amount of pleasure, but, you know, it's just particularly at the end of Andrew's career, it's, you know, he had a massive career. He's done some incredibly pioneering things over the years. Literally. So, yeah, it's just amazing. I just can't believe he hasn't won some sort of award for this. We need it. Yeah, we we're we're going to give him an award. The Chumpy Award. <laughs> the Chumpy Award. We'll get you a medal and I can put a plaque in the trophy room. Oh. 